welcome to the Late Night Show. It's the most wonderful time of the year. In Ireland, Christmas officially begins with the broadcast of that most Irish of TV programmes, The Late Late Toy Show. It's Patrick Keelty's first time hosting and he has some very large shoes to fill with the previous host, Ryan Tuberty's manic energy, making the toy show appointment viewing for years. The 14 toy shows that Ryan Tuberty presented are the 14 most watched TV programmes in Ireland this century. Aside from the toys, celebrity appearances and song and dance numbers, the spectacle has become a real cash cow for RTE, with some serious advertising revenue generated every year. Irish Times journalist, Laura Slattery. This year, the Late Late Show show are charging uh, €40,000 for a 30-second ad in the ad breaks. I'm singing in the rain. So, after a year to forget for the national broadcaster, is there a pressure on this year's toy show to bring back that feel-good factor and remind viewers why they pay their TV licence fee. This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Bernice Harrison. Today, can Patrick Keelty deliver a great show for everyone in the audience? You're the host of the show. You're not the star of the show. The star of the show's the kids and, uh, and let them do their thing and see where you end up. It's the happiest season of all. It's undeniably the biggest show on Irish TV. And in the run-up to it, in the run-up to tonight, Orti has issued these very charming ads with Patrick Keelty and these little kids. And one of the little kids says to him, Don't mess it up. Now, there was obviously a lot of focus on Keelty's first night as host of the show. Uh, but is this the real test for him? I th- definitely think it's a huge test for him. I think, you know, he's more than up to it. I don't know if you've ever listened to his radio show, but there are items on that on, ra- on Radio 5 Live that involve children and he seems to have a very good way with them. And there's no reason why that won't translate to a television screen. We know he's he's funny. Uh, we know he has energy when that's required. Um, so there's no reason why he can't make a great job of this. On the other hand, I think this is where um, Orti will miss Ryan Turberty the most. Turberty, a lot of people would have had uh, criticisms about he, how he performed on the regular late lates, but uh, the toy show. I think there's no doubt he he was the best toy show presenter. I think very early on he sort of established that this was his forte. That he had a, a way of of talking to the children and bringing out their bringing out their humorous side. He was a natural at it, and he thoroughly embraced the song and dance elements and the Christmas jumper element and all the rest of it. And that actually translates into the numbers. Or the late late toy show, as I said, was always the most important night really of the year for RTE. Um, but that kind of cemented into a uh, hard fact um, when uh, Ryan Turberty took over in 2009 and the 14 toy shows that he did. And I can give you all the numbers if you like later, but they are, um, with the exception of Leo Varadkar's emergency address during the COVID crisis, the 14 toy shows that Ryan Turberty presented are the 14 most watched TV programmes 
uh, in Ireland this century. So it's I mean, there that is in the some numbers. achievement, isn't it? That is yeah. a huge achievement. It, it's a really uh, solid, <laughs> uninterrupted flow, as I say. Uh, only uh, a pandemic could get in the way there, and that would be third on that list. The most watched TV programme um, on Irish television this year is the 2020 Late Late Toy Show. Interestingly enough, you know, his least watched uh, toy show was the first one he did in 2009 and the recent uh, Rugby World Cup quarterfinal on Virgin Media Television against New Zealand that came really close to that. Um, so it's, I don't know where the, the Patrick Healty one is going to land. I think it's possible it, it may even not beat the rugby. Um, certainly, I think if Ireland had gone any deeper in that tournament, that might have taken the prize. But we'll we'll see. There might be a novelty factor with Patrick Healty, as there was on his first regular Late Late, which did very well, got 830,000 viewers. So we'll see if people are drawn to it, um, if they're in the mood for it uh, this year, in the same way they have been um, throughout the last 14 years. Well, now, when the toy show started, it was just a segment in your the, the ordinary Late Late Show. And I think the idea was at the time that Gay Byrne, who was presenting the show for all those years, that he'd show the newest toys. And the idea was that these are the latest toys. Kids, write your letter to Santa. Now, it evolved into a standalone show. And, you know, I think it's fair to say that Ryan Torberty changed it completely. He amped it up into a singing and dancing extravaganza. Uh, with him, well, he was pretty much the star of it uh, and it worked. Um, should Patrick Keelty, do you think, try to replicate Ryan Tuberty's style? Because it works um, and it's it seems to be what people want. Yeah, I think he has to certainly um, go for that kind of line of things rather than uh, too much of a, a focus on the toys. And I'm sure the team behind the show will be pushing that um, because the one criticism that you could level against the Late Late Toy Show over the years is that it's uh, very consumerist uh, and perhaps promotes the wrong message. And of course, not everybody in the country can afford many toys at Christmas. I mean, I grew up in the 1980s and it was kind of dazzling seeing all these things on the screen, screen really. And, you know, I would have felt a certain amount of jealousy, maybe not towards the toys as such, but towards the children who were playing with them and the uh, the performers, which were in the 1980s, would always seemed to be the, Bill, the Billy Barry kids. These days, the toy show is much more inclusive. It's much more about the talents of the children and how and how brilliant they are. I think, really, as the the ad says, Patrick Healty's role is to be sort of fun, to be interesting, to be funny. Um, but it's not it's not there to overshadow the kids. The, the kids are are the stars of the show. Come on, I thought you to come out and look at. You're really there to sort of keep the energy up and, and you know, give some laughs as well as, as maybe the, the one or two uh, heart-rending moments. I think he's in, in a good position, but I'll be interested to see how it goes down and what the reaction is um, on Friday night. Now, you talked about heart-rending moments and they often centre around or have centred around in the past uh, Late Late Toy Shows the arrival of some celebrity. Some kid's hero is this celebrity. Maybe it's Ed Sheeran and suddenly Uh Ed Sheeran comes out playing his guitar. 
big stars. There's been a lot of big stars. Those have been the heart-tugging moments, I think. A criticism of The Late Late Show under Patrick Keelty is that I suppose there was an expectation that he'd be bringing this address book with him. It wouldn't no longer be the RT canteen being pillaged for guests. It would be, you know, stars. That hasn't been the case. Do you think there's a bit of pressure then in this case to actually deliver the sort of stars that Ryan Tuberty delivered? I think that would help. And I think you're right to say that, you know, he hasn't really delivered uh, (laughs) uh, from his personal contacts book. Um, It's interesting that you mentioned Ed Sheeran, because as I mentioned, 2020 late late was the the most watched. It's over 1.7 million. And the one in 2021, when we were all still stuck at home, was almost as high. But the next one on the list is, is the 2014 late late toy show. And for many years that held the record. It's 1.5 9 million viewers and Ed Sheeran featured on that one. I always think Ed Sheeran actually didn't really get enough credit for the number of personal appearances and kind of fan requests and and one-to-ones that he did in those years of his career. You know, he was really extraordinary, I think, with his fans. And appearing on the Late Late Toy Show, whilst it is a, a TV appearance, it sort of almost seemed to fit into that bracket. So, you know, short of getting Taylor Swift (laughs) into Montrose, I'm not sure if there's any kind of star power that would um, actually beat Ed Sheeran in 2014. I mean, maybe try and get Ed Sheeran now, (laughs) but um, that would be a, a tough, tough ask, I think. You know, there may be a feeling that what you really want is three or four children who you know are are going to um, <laughs> just generate clicks and go viral just because they're extremely funny or clever or, or cute in some way. I have something that really make the show special and, and, and stand out. And I think that's probably, that's the magic, the alchemy that they're looking for. And some years... It works out better than others. Some years, I think it can feel a little bit contrived and they'll want to avoid that. Spontaneity is is incredibly important. And I think Patrick Keelty is good at reacting to that. You know, the other angle is, you know, do, do people feeling a little bit of, shall we say, uh, <laughs> hostility towards RTE at the moment? Does that feed into their perception of a production like the Late Late Toy Show? I would say mostly no, because at the end of the day, it's children who are who are driving these uh, viewing decisions. It's 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 households of children that watch the late late toy show in the main. It has become a bit of a cult thing for for other adults too. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see if this magic can continue for much longer because it really has been phenomenal. You know who they are? Did you expect to see them coming in? You know. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Toby, you want to talk to those girls, don't you? They're girls allowed. No. Because I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll take a commercial break and you can get maybe go backstage and sing a little bit more with them, will you? I'll continue my conversation with Laura Slattery after this short break. Well, I've been sending video in for about five years. And when I got the call back, I was so excited that I'd finally got to get on the toy show. I watch it every single year. Now, it's also a cash cow 
for RTE. Obviously, RTE will say these are commercially sensitive figures. But do you have any idea of how much it brings in? Um, Well, I have some estimates from some of the advertising agencies that they gave me earlier in the year. I would say that this year, the Late Late Show Show are are charging uh, €40,000 for a 30-second ad in the ad breaks, which is sort of pretty much in line with with what we've seen in recent years. It's steadily increased over the years, but so has um, the price of advertising on RTE generally. The marketing group Core earlier this year, they, they thought that the Late Late as a whole brought in about, you know, between 3.5 million to 4.7 million in advertising. But that, that excludes the toy show. And they said the toy show worth worth about a million. And another group, Group M, they thought the late, late, including sponsorship as well as, as, well as advertising, was worth about 4.5 million to 6, to 6 million a year. But that the toy show could be as much as 1.5 million. So, yeah, one to one. 0.5 million and actually or did tell me in the past that it was a, a, a seven digit number so we, we can guess that it is worth a million and um, we can safely say that and advertisers love it don't they because it's this rare thing now in television it's appointment viewing people sit down and watch it together and it's family friendly the great thing about it is it's not just the headline numbers, which sometimes can be twice as much as the next most watched thing on TV that year. You know, 1.5 million, as I said, is a sort of typically the number that we've seen over the over the past uh, 14 years or so. You know, if you strip out the two pandemic years where it was above 1.7 million, it's not just about headline numbers, there's also, you know, the share of the audience. So in 2020, for example, the Late Late Toy Show was watched by 79% of everybody who was watching uh, linear TV at the time. Like that's just a huge percentage. That's four out of five people who are watching TV that night in Ireland were watching uh, the Late Late Toy Show. So it really is, is a, a beacon for viewers. It's, it's actually really hard to find equivalents um, for it in other countries. I mean, in the US, you don't get that kind of commonality ar- around TV, you know, based if you look at their per head of population. And in the UK, you only really very seldom do with sort of royal events and maybe if, if, if England reaches the, <laughs> the depths of the World Cup. But I think commercial importance of it is it's almost kind of baked in. I mean, it's just the, this is the most important time of year anyway for TV advertising, the, the last few months of the year. This is where all the Christmas campaigns are running. I mean, they're, they've been running since after Halloween, I think pretty much the next day, a lot of them launched. And all the retailers will want to be in the ad break of, of the Late Late Toy Show. So I would expect almost that demand outstrips supply in, in, in this instance. RTE will also be selling, you know, digital advertising around it as well. There's, there's, I think you can get your brand onto some of the competitions within the show as well. All of this is very important. Uh, it's almost like if you're not there, then you won't be top of mind. And uh, The fact that it's on in late November as well is probably not an accident. That's preferable, I'd say, for advertisers rather than running it too close to Christmas when people have already made their purchasing decisions. And it's unusual as well, isn't it, in that it has significant diaspora viewership through the player. It's a strange thing. <laughs> um, there's, there was a generation, I think, that just just really associated it with home and um, with RTE. And then when they went abroad, it, there was a, it was a way to sort of keep in touch with this maybe slightly quirky, <laughs> uniquely Irish um, aspects of culture. So you would have adults who, who don't have 
children necessarily trying to find ways to tune in came its own brand in a way and you would have all these little small kind of retail offshoots you know late late toy show pajamas and things like that and jumpers and I have a feeling you might mention the musical (laughs) pretty soon coming on to that you're absolutely (laughs) right before you do um, I should probably mention as well that it really has become an incredibly important really substantial platform for charities so in 2020 for example the toy show appeal uh, raised 6.7 million and the year after 6.8 million and last year's 4 million and um so it's quite a hefty number of funds that have been raised uh, through the show and that sort of the knowledge that it's just this is the mass audience of the year. This is this is something that we can't not use for charitable purposes. It's hope. It's it's what's going to come. All the good things, all the things that we've been missing and kind of took for granted a little bit. They're coming back. And generosity and kindness and magic is definitely in the mix. Now, if we were talking this week last year, we'd be talking about Toy Show the Musical and we'd probably be speculating about how weird it is that The Late Late Show, or indeed Ryan Tuberty, doesn't seem to have anything to do with that musical, Didn't men- hardly mentioned it and so on. Now look, we're going to find out what all that was about when the report into the fiasco that was Toy Show the Musical comes out. But is there any sign of that report? We heard about all these reports during the summer with after the Oireachtas committees, but, you know, we're November. Is there any sign? Um, yeah, there's a few batch of corporate governance reports that are due out, I believe, in the coming weeks. Um, but time can be, <laughs> uh, time can slip on these things. I would suggest they'd probably like to wait until at least after the this year's Late Late Toy Show is broadcast. I think it's pretty obvious in a way what happened with the, the musical. It was just incredibly bad timing and maybe also an element of overestimating the brand appeal of the toy show, thinking it could translate into a different medium effectively. You know, there was reasons to be confident that it, it, it might do. I know there was a lot of praise for some of the elements of the production itself, but Ryan Turberty not being involved in it probably, you know, was a drawback because if he was involved in it, you'd have that focal point and you would have also had him promoting it personally. And it may have just made a little bit more sense. Many of the performances were cancelled due to COVID within the cast. Um, So it's possible if they'd waited another year or two, um, it might have worked. But uh, or even gone probably a few years earlier, even better. Um, But um, the size of the venue as well was a huge, huge problem um, to that was too ambitious. But of course, what was galling in this situation was that it was it was effectively a public money that was that was being lost. You know, it's very, very hard to see it in any other way. I'm sure RTE would say that it was, uh, you know, commercial. This was a commercial project and it was worth taking the risk. But I think time has probably um, proven them wrong on that. So while we're waiting for those reports to come out, we have seen one document from RTE and that was Director General Kevin Backers. He unveiled his plan for RTE. Did it fill you with confidence for the future of the National Broadcaster? I'm not hugely confident (laughs) about the future of the uh, National Broadcaster, but that's not really to do with the plan. Um, I, I, I would say I'm not massively optimistic about it because 
I don't really believe the political support is there. I mean, we hear them say things that are supportive, but I don't think really when it comes comes to it that they have a sense really of what they need to do in order to counter what has been a completely transformative media landscape. You know, the whole thing has evolved beyond recognition. That actually makes the performance of the Late Late Toy Show in the audience ratings um, even more of an anomaly and even more, you know, testimony to the power of that show that it has managed to actually, you know, grow its audience during a period of what has been declining uh, linear TV audiences overall. Uh, You know, I think the director general, Kevin Backhurst, understands completely what's happening, but I'm not sure if... Um, many politicians have really got to grips with just how different things are now and how they they can't, you know, they do need to put their money where their mouth is uh, in order for this to survive. You talked about the viewership for Patrick Keelty's first uh, Late Late Show. It was huge. It was over 800,000. That was absolutely huge. It's slid considerably since then. There's the the magic figure, I think, of a million viewers for the Late Late Toy Show. And if it went below that, I think it would be perceived as being a failure, would it? Anything less than actually 1.388 million would be less than what Ryan Tuberty uh, got for for his lowest Late Late Toy Show, which was in 2009. If it was to get about 1.1 million, that would be more in the order of what Pat Kenny got. I mean, it went up and down during the gay burn years, and I don't really have the many of the historical figures. But I would think anything less than 1.388 million is, is, is significant. And actually, anything less than 1.378 million would also be uh, um, noteworthy because that's the Rugby World Cup quarterfinal TV ratings are quite complicated, as you know, and I haven't got a consolidated figure for the, the Rugby World Cup, but that's what the figure I have at the moment. And certainly the figure that RTE will release for the Late Late Toy Show on Monday won't be consolidated either. So we can compare and contrast. And if it was to be less than 1.378 million, it wouldn't be the most watched TV programme of the year. And I think you have to go back to 2003, I think it is, before you find a year where the Toy Show isn't the most watched programme of the year. It has been less than a million in the past, I mean, uh, during the pac years, for example, and probably during the uh, gay burn years, but you're, you're sort of going back into a different sort of population makeup then. So for <laughs> a ratings nerd like me, <laughs> it is it is fascinating. And there's, there's lots of different caveats. And one of them is that these ratings, as we, as we normally describe them, it's not hard data as such. It's based on a panel of homes and it's, you know, it's very statistically robust. It's a, it's a panel of, of more than a thousand homes. And it, that's what allows people um, in the industry to work out who's watching, you know, what type of person, what age they are, what gender, how many children and so on are watching. And that's very important to advertisers. But it's not the same as, say, um, uh, when they or to ease, would release separate figures then for the RTE player. And over the years, they will have steadily increased. Um, but the problem with that is you don't necessarily know who's watched all the way through. It's not averaged out. 
the way the, the normal uh, ratings from TAM Ireland and, and the research uh, firm uh, Nielsen would be compiled. So there's there's going to be <laughs> a whole suite of numbers on Monday and I'm sure it'll be possible to put some gloss on them. And it, it may, you know, he may actually smash it. I am actually <laughs> intrigued by this because the Toy Show has been the perennial, um, the, the list topper every year for 20 years, pretty much. And I think if Ireland had reached that semi-final <laughs> in, the, in the Rugby World Cup, that would have been, you know, put it out clear in, in front and God, you know, if they'd reached the final. I don't know what we, no kind of number we would have seen, um, but these these uh, these events are few and far between, and you know the toy show has been running effectively since 1974. Uh, it was initially just a segment on the show, but in full, it's been there since 1975. It's it's sort of part of our culture in a way. Um, I think even people who don't watch it are sort of aware of it, and long may it continue. Thanks very much. Thanks, please. That's it for today. For our TV reviewer's assessment of this year's Late Late Show, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Bernice Harrison. This episode is produced by John Casey. In the news, we'll be back on Monday. Monday.